The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Cannon. Hey, Terry. Hey. So where are we going today? Well, today we're going where we've always been focused on going, which is home to the heart of God. Yay. Our focus today is on... The Ascension. The Ascension. You know, this is why we're all here. This is the path we've been on, whether we know it or not, for a very, very long time. You know, there are plenty of important topics we discuss on this show, but of all of them, this is perhaps the most important. Well, it's certainly right up there with the reality of our inner divinity. The Ascension is not just a concept. It is a reality that each of us may attain if we wish. And hopefully you do wish for it because the Ascension is, in truth, the ultimate goal of life. And we know that a lot of people are looking to find out why they're really here <laughs> and what the purpose of life is. In other words, where they're going. You know, you know, and hopefully this won't come off sounding too blunt, but there's an emptiness in many worldly material pursuits that is often not realized until it's very late in the game. And I would imagine that we've all felt that to one extent or another. We want something more, something deeper. The ascension, as our overarching goal, answers this desire for something more. It gives us a grand goal to aim at, Mm -hmm. a place to go that can be desired above all else. It's really what we've all been looking for for a very long time. You know, and a long time may be an understatement. In truth, we've been on this journey for an unimaginably long time, and now it's time that we finish this journey and begin a new one as an ascended master, which we will all be one day. Okay, I would have to say that it is virtually impossible to overstress the importance of understanding the meaning and the goal of our ascension. Mm -hmm. Now, this is our ticket home. It is the ritual whereby we return to the place where we were created, which is in the heart of God. Yeah, and though we may not realize it in this moment, God's heart is a place we know intimately. After all, as you've heard before, we were created in the image and likeness of God. In the beginning, we were made pure and without blemish. Yet despite all that we were endowed with in the beginning, we chose to venture into the density of the human experience, Mm -hmm. to taste the fruits of relative good and evil, and to descend from our lofty estate into mortality. And sadly, we didn't realize the price we were paying for our curiosity. And the further we strayed, the harder the return journey became. 
And now, here we are, still toiling in this veil of tears. <laughs> yeah, you know, as we've said, our paths through countless incarnations have been long and hard. Yet by God's grace and the Master's love, we have neither been forgotten nor forsaken. That's right. Though we have wandered in darkness for eons, today we have the great saints, sages, avatars, and mystics of all ages ready and willing to show us the way home. Yeah, these great spiritual lights of East and West have already found their way home, and now with their help, it's our turn to do the same. Some have called this the journey without distance. <laughs> and for good reason. <laughs> the journey we are all on actually ends where it began. Our ascension will bring us back full circle to the oneness with the universal consciousness of God we once knew. Okay, let's get a little deeper into this concept of the ascension by bridging this goal with the reality of reincarnation and <laughs> karma. Got to keep them together. Yeah, <laughs> they, they do go together. Yeah. First of all, we mentioned a few moments ago that the path we have followed since we descended from the bliss of the Godhead into mortal existence has been long and hard. Can't overstress that. It has, it was, and it is. And the doctrine of reincarnation is a truth that will help us gain a fundamental understanding of this ascension path and in essence, this law teaches us that the actions we took in our previous lives affect our present life today. And this explains the seeming inequities of life, why some souls are, be, are born maimed or blind <laughs> or otherwise limited in some way. Yeah, or why some were born with great attainment in the creative arts or intellectual pursuits. Not to mention why some souls seem to experience challenging and dramatic events, whereas others seem to have com be completely free of unhappy trials and travail. Each, to one extent or another, is experiencing the fruits of his karma. And karma is the law of cause and effect that goes hand in hand with the law of reincarnation. You know, this is also sometimes called the law of the circle, which says that whatever you do will eventually come back full circle to your doorstep for balancing and resolution. It's a sobering thought. <laughs> but balancing our karma is a necessary step in our return path to God. So we had better pay attention. To yeah, and why? Well, because lifetime to lifetime, because of our karma, we determine our fate. So paying attention to our karma is absolutely essential. You know, thank God there are ways of speeding up the transmutation of our karma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank God for the violet flame, the cosmic eraser. Which we'll get into in more detail when we sit down with Sidney Bennett, coming up in a few short minutes. In the meantime, though, since our focus today is on the ascension, I'd like to ask you, Terry, to please read a short quote from our book, The Path to Your Ascension, Rediscovering Life's Ultimate Purpose by Anise Booth that sums up the ritual and experience of the Ascension quite nicely. Well, I'd be glad to. And here it is. The Ascension in the Light is the victorious return to God from whence we came. It is the goal of all life upon earth. Through the flame of the Ascension, we become one with our own higher self and then with God the Father, our own I Am Presence. We are filled with the light of the sun and can no longer remain bound to the gravitational pull of the earth. In that moment, we have no further need for a physical body, for we have transcended the limitations of time and space. The ascension is the culmination of your soul's journey in time and space. It is won by good works and devotion to God, by service to your fellow man and service to the light. All of the ascended masters have gone through the ritual of the ascension. Yeah, thank you, Terry. Um, now, in speaking of the ascension, it is important that we point out that there are a couple of basic requirements we must meet to ensure our ascension. We'll cover these again in more detail with Sid Bennett, but let's lay them out here, shall we? Good idea. Yeah. Now, the first requirement is that we balance at least 51% of our karma. In earlier ages, the requirement was 100%. Ooh. 
But <laughs> thanks to the mercy of God and the lords of karma, the old law has been set aside. So, 51% is our target, or more, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder if balancing our remaining karma is easier from heaven than it is while we're still here. Well, sounds like another question for Sidney Bennett. Uh-huh. Yes, it does. Note to self, ask Sid about relative ease of balancing karma after the ascension. <laughs> okay. Now, in addition to balancing at least 51% of our karma, to make our ascension, we must also fulfill our divine plan. This is something that only we can do. Perhaps a special mission or unique contribution to life. Often we're given clues as to what the nature of our divine plan is by our life circumstances, our special talents and abilities and so forth. And this needn't be something grand and earth-shaking. It can be as simple as bringing light to a dark place in someone's life. Well, that's right. You know, your divine purpose could be to bear another's burden for a time, to raise a child with a wounded soul, to write a song that lifts hearts, to aid the sick and less fortunate. Again, your divine plan is uniquely yours and will ultimately be a joy to fulfill. Yet another requirement of the ascension is the balancing of our threefold flame. Now, this is something you've heard us speak of before. We each possess a threefold flame in the secret chamber of our hearts. It is comprised of the flames of love, wisdom, and power, corresponding to the pink, yellow, and blue rays in the heart, throat, and crown chakras. For most of us, we likely have unequal, <clears throat> excuse me, unequal attainment on these flames or rays. Some of us, we express more blue or power and maybe a little less on the pink of love. Yeah, or maybe we forge more attainment on the wisdom ray. Whatever the case may be, just like we want to balance our karma, we also need to balance our threefold flame. And our lives and our natures will give us plenty of clues as to which rays we need to work on. As we uh, said a few minutes ago, we'll talk more about the requirements of the ascension in our regular Q&A session with Sid Bennett. But I think there's one point that we should emphasize here. The ascension is attainable. Yeah, and that's an excellent point, Terry. The ascension is a scientific and practical path that is available to all. It is a daily road before each of us. It's like a flight of steps. We may not know how many steps there are on this stairway to God, but we must believe that we will eventually reach the top. And we surely will if we believe it and if we work at it, such as using the violet flame in daily decrees. Yeah, which brings us to a short excerpt we'd like to share with you now from a riveting lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled, On the Ascension. Here it is. The path of your ascension, which you have been choosing to follow for many lifetimes, occurs when the Son of Man, you seated here, have put on a sufficiency of the Son of God and the Father with you. When you have fulfilled your divine plan with your twin flame, balanced 51% of your karma, at the conclusion of the lifetime when you accomplish this, your soul ascends to that white fire core of the I Am Presence, and you are restored fully to immortality, and there is no necessity of that soul ever going forth again into the veil of karma and sorrow and samsara and the repetition of incarnations. This teaching is so vital to us today because we are at the end of the Piscean Age, 2,000 years, when this is the harvest, not only of karma and works, but of souls. Many souls upon earth are destined to make their ascension in this life. I remember hearing the tale of a wonderful woman who worked for me for many years prior to her passing, and her name was Beulah. And she had been born in a family that didn't want her, and she was passed on to her aunt and passed on to another. Even when she was three years old, one of them put her on the porch and with all of her belongings packed in a bag and 
said, I don't want you. And one day Beulah was a very small child and I think they didn't want her because she had a hearing defect from birth. She could practically hear nothing, but through advanced science she began to hear in later years. And she told me about how she was sitting under a tree contemplating her fate as a small child and how the angel of God came to her and said, Beulah, 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 you have to make your ascension in this life. This is the lifetime for your ascension. This blessed soul served people all the days of her life. She raised five children, she worked hard, she loved God, glorified him continuously, found this path and teachings, began to invoke the violet flame, transmuted and balanced a certain portion of karma. The remainder of her, her portion of karma, bless her heart, was uh, passing through her as cancer in the body. She finally did pass on of that cancer. She was taken to etheric octaves of light and temples, given further preparation, and from that etheric level, achieved that ascension, that reunion with God. And I can tell you that I was a witness to her ascension, to her be being taken up into this white fire in the coil of light. It is a path that I have seen many individuals fulfill, Many by comparison, let us say. I could talk about several dozen that I have witnessed make that ascension after the change called death. We're not calling about, talking about a physical ascension. We're talking about the soul's assumption unto God. It is because we have concluded the age of Pisces and the new age of Aquarius is dawning that this option is open to us. Why ascend when there's so much work to be done on earth? Because when you ascend to God, you raise the entire planetary evolution. But remember, you are ascending daily. Every day, a portion of you returns to God. At the change called death, it is only the last vestiges of ourself that returns. Because each time we are sowing good words and good works, our meditations and our dynamic decrees, that light is going back to our causal body. Yes, indeed. That's right. Now, please stay with us because when we return, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses the promise of St. Germain that if we apply the law, we can ascend in this lifetime. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. 
The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back, everyone. In the following excerpt from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the Ascension, we come to understand more fully that we are literally ascending every day. Until you define who you are, what you are, where you are, the whys and the hows and the wherefores of your existence, you cannot enter the path. How can something that knows not that it is something enter a path or surrender that which is the something into the flame or captivate the consciousness of the I am that I am. So the supreme teaching of Jesus was the defining of identity as it was of Gautama. Jesus' definition of identity is like the etching in in cut glass. We see in his life the definement, the definition of identity. And so we will study the steps of initiation of Jesus. And we will realize that the course of the ascension must be an examination of the initiations that lead to the ascension. We can all say that we are on earth because we have not met all of our initiations. Either we have not been ready to take them or they have been given to us and we have not passed those initiations. So if you want to boil down the teaching down to a little essence that you would put in a little bottle and carry with you as the precious oil of the teaching, you must see that not the teaching, but the teaching where you are is what is important. It is fine to know all of the words of the masters and their dictations and the knowledge technically of the chart and all of these things. But when it comes down to it, You do not know really any of this unless you can take that little grain of ingredient, the special quality of the teaching that applies immediately to your point of reference in time and space. And that point of reference for the chila on the path is defined by what initiation are you on? What rung of the ladder are you on? The ascension flame, the fourth ray, represents the midpoint of the seven rays and the apex of the pyramid. And so when we cut away the fat, the excess water, the excess flesh, and we come really down to the heart of the matter and the heart of the soul, we find that once you have defined yourself as the soul, as the I am that I am, and you have set your matrix of where you are in time and space, what is most important for you to determine? What initiations have I had in this life? What initiations must I face? 
Where am I right now? What is the most recent initiation I have passed? What is the most recent initiation I have failed? You see, most of us are dodgers. We are karma dodgers, and we are dodgers of all that is real. We dodge responsibility. We dodge the flame of the Holy Spirit. And what happens to people and the way they become puffed up with spiritual pride and the way they think they are on the path but they are not on the path is that they come to an initiation which they cannot pass. And so they leave the representative of the masters through whom that initiation may be coming. They may leave a guru, they may leave the messenger, or if it is coming directly through a master, they may turn the master away. And they may veer off in another direction on the path and become involved in other paths which are called meanderings. You see in the entire field of parapsychology, the world of the psychic clairvoyance, probes into flying saucers, all of these things are the sidetrackings of souls who refused to pass the basic initiation which probably involved the surrender of pride, the surrender of the ego, the putting of the preference for self into the flame. And so they rationalize their own little path, and they get feverishly involved in this path. They may be taking dictations from all kinds of beings, ascended or unascended, whom they call ascended or unascended, discarnates, etc. They get involved in massive projects, even things that have to do with humanism and sociology and the helping of the world. They go out and instead of remaining on the path, they become what we call do-gooders. And they justify their entire existence on the basis, well, I don't have to be following the path as you outlined it or as the masters outline it or as it's written in the book. I can do my own thing. I can have my own path. I can do good on this planet. And I can get to God just like anyone else. Well, there are millions of ways of justifying human existence when we don't want to pass an initiation. So Serapis Bay comes to tell us just what we really have to do to get on with the initiations. There are people who come like gadflies around Ascended Master movements. And they have been coming embodiment after embodiment. They knock on the door of the retreat. They say, oh, this is so wonderful. This teaching is so marvelous. I want to serve. I want to do this. I want to do that. They stay around for a while. And then they find that the saying is too hard. The surrender is too hard. There are other teachings. There are other ways. I'll go out and stay with this movement for a while and that movement for a while. All told, it's a failure to take responsibility, cosmic accountability for one's own path, one's own ascension, one's own initiations. We need to be aware of this. Now, these gadflies who've been coming around for many incarnations, they stop their spiritual progress at a certain point of initiation. They might have failed a test on Atlantis. They may have embodied... 20 or 30 times since the sinking of Atlantis or more. And in each successive embodiment, they have 
try to go around that initiation, try to avoid it, covering it over, pushing it aside, avoiding the balancing of karma, avoiding the confrontation with self. This is why man know thyself was written on the ancient temple wall. If you don't know yourself as the lower self and as the greater self, and as a soul evolving through sheaths of consciousness, which we call the four lower bodies, if you are not able to assess that self objectively, you will not make it on the path of the ascension. Let us now project ourselves to the place on Bethany's hill where the Son of God has realized all that we are about to begin to realize on this path of the ascension. We look at ourselves. Perhaps our hands are empty. Perhaps we have not even passed the first initiation on the path. That is the first initiation in the life of Jesus. His first initiation was counted after he had almost totally balanced his karma. So I'm not speaking of the initiations which precede that in order to get to that place. But perhaps we have not even begun the road of Jesus, which began with the descent of his soul into the tiny body in the Bethlehem babe. We have not yet gone through the experiences that he had in the previous lives. And yet by God's grace and by the Holy Spirit, we can encapsulate all into this very lifetime. St. Germain has made the promise to you and me that if we apply the law, we can ascend in this life. Or if there are extreme extenuating circumstances that require another incarnation to fulfill the divine plan, we may make our ascension in the next life. This is the guarantee he has made to you, keepers of the flame, who pursue diligently the law and the teaching. This is the word of the Lord. And that word goes forth, and it has the authority of God, and it shall not return unto me void. That is the promise of the Lord. When God gives his word, it fulfills that to which it was sent. It accomplishes that. And so the ascension is a very present reality. It is not something that's off in the distance because the first thing we learn in the, in the teachings of the ascension is that we are ascending every day. Every time we give the violet flame, a portion of our untransmuted karma ascends to the causal body. The final ritual of the ascension is but the final reunion of the soul with God. And so we are ascending every day. Oh, boy, talk about food for thought. My, oh, my. I think that was the full meal deal. (laughs) Well, may we pass all our tests. That's right. Um, Up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, 
a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. Joining us now is Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Gentlemen. Hi, Sid. Well, okay. Um, why on earth, uh, no pun intended. I uh, <laughs> know. Okay, well, pun intended. Okay. I never met a pun I didn't like. Um, <laughs> but why on earth would anyone choose to trade the bliss of immortal oneness with God for the limitation and density of earthly existence? Which I guess I should say that seeing as we're here in this moment, we probably did. Yes. Well, that's a complicated question. I mean, I think for the light bearers that love God and want to pursue God, of course they would say they want to have eternal life and the bliss of that. But what has happened is um, they've been told a lie. And the lie is that Jesus did it all for you. You don't have to do anything. And so what's the rush, so to speak? <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to go to heaven. I'll try and be a good person between now and the time I die. But, you know, I'm in. You know, I don't have to worry about this. And so what has happened is it takes away a certain motivation and an understanding that this path must be walked. So we could say in some cases we have an, you know, ignorance is not an excuse, but perhaps it's understandable when people haven't been told the truth. Mm -hmm. Yet at our soul levels, we know the truth in spite of what we're taught in the outer at the soul level. And so what has happened is it creates sometimes a, a feeling of uncomfortability. You know, maybe this isn't really the path or the, the all there is to the spiritual life, and yet people sometimes don't do anything about it. They just mm -hmm. kind of let go. Well, they say I'm saved, so I'm busy, I'm doing the best I can, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's an awareness and an understanding of who we are and where we're going. Well, now that we have that awareness and understanding through these teachings, and, and you're listening to the program, so you're sharing those, candidly, we have no reason not to pursue it now. But we have to do something. Knowledge itself is not enough. We have to take action. You know, there was, um, I, I would call it a warning kind of inherent in what uh, Mrs. Prophet was saying about those souls who gather around the teachings like this. Like they should, should refer to them as gadflies. Right. You know, and it's really interesting um, to recognize that we kind of want the easy path. We think that we'll go to the place where it's going to be easy. We'll just, you know, kind of have 
it's not ever going to be really easy, at least not in the way we understand it. Well, look at how, well, look how we're brought up in Western Christianity. You know, the good life, mm-hmm. you know, material prosperity, we're saved, you know, enjoy yourself, sure, help others. But there, there's no incentive to, to walk the path that Jesus walked. Or no, there's no understanding that they had to walk that path. And what happens with the so-called gadflies, and I've seen them because when I was seeking for spiritual truth and I went from various groups and so forth mm-hmm. to try and get an understanding. Yeah, me too. And, and what, what happens, that becomes a way of life for people. And they never want to stay long enough to make a commitment to pay the price of the path that Jesus paid. And so they move on to something different <laughs> for the intellectual stimulation, so to speak. But there comes a time when we have to say, Enough is enough. I am done pursuing all these external things. I now have the knowledge of truth of where I can go and how to get there. And I'm going to set myself down. I'm going to summon the courage from the heart of God. I'm going to face my karma. I'm going to face the path and the test that Jesus faced. And with God's help and by his grace, I am going home. It's kind of like the perpetual student who changes the major every two years. All the while, they're still making karma. Exactly. Exactly. So if we began right from the beginning to misqualify God's energy and create negative karma, we must have piled up uh, quite a bit of karmic debt since then. (laughs) You think? Yeah. (laughs) Well, won't it take a very long time to balance all of this negative karma? Well, yes and no. How's that for an answer? (laughs) Karma must be balanced. But, you know, we don't know all the good karma we built up, too. Yeah. So... um, we understand that we have to start someplace. And I think the analogy of the tortoise and the hare is perfect. You know, um, I don't know how much I've got, but I know I need to start. Yeah. And if you start and you keep going, you're going to finish. It's as simple as that. And again, we don't know how much we have, but if we are sincere on the path and do our very best, God will bring us the opportunities to balance karma as well as as we use the violet flame. Mm-hmm. And we just don't know what kind of acceleration we can get through the sponsorship of the Ascended Masters, through the use of the violet flame, and God placing us in situations and circumstances that will help maximize our karma balancing. And there's also a certain point sometimes people make on their path when all of a sudden they're going to balance a huge chunk of karma. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's not just Mm -hmm. incremental one-tenth at a time in all cases. There comes a point where you can take a big jump forward. So, yes, it's a lot. Yes, um, we've made karma. (laughs) But what man has done, man can do. And if you take St. Germain's promise, but the use of the violet flame and initiations that we walk and follow on the path of Jesus and the Ascended Masters, we can make it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of raises a question here. I know we've spoken in the past about the fact that we each receive a portion of karma uh, every day to balance. Now, do we actually have the option of asking for more of our karma to transmute daily? And if we do, is this risky? (laughs) Well, we have free will. And, And people have asked for more karma. And, you know, things have come upon them. So I personally am satisfied with the level of karma I get every day, <laughs> yes, quite frankly. Plenty, thank you. But, but, but here's what happens is, you know, you go and you, you, you deal with your allotment of karma for that day, but as you're giving the violet fame and service to life, you are still balancing more karma. In other words, you aren't limited the amount of karma you can balance each day. You can keep going. So we may get different tests at different times in our life and different packets of karma, but you can balance more karma in the daily allotment every day. And in fact, mm-hmm. You need to if you're going to make your ascension because yeah. you've got to start going back in this life and previous lifetimes. Yes, like what Terry said about the, 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 the balance to this accumulated. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I just want to add one more thing here, and that is anytime if you get the into thought, well, I'm going to call for some more karma, always adjust this according to God's will because, yeah. you know, we don't know necessarily what's yeah. right for us. And we're in this for the long haul, and God knows the pace we need to go. Let's trust him. And he'll bring what, as, to us what we need. And we don't need to supersize it. No, indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Well, uh, let me ask you this. Can we also be subject to world karma in addition to our personal karma? Well, I mean, the, that's in some ways, that's an obvious answer because we're living on the world yeah. and we are <laughs> subject to the karma of the world. And, you know, in some countries, obviously, it's better than other countries and so forth. But what happens to the world happens to us. We're not, you know, observers from the etheric realm. We're here physically. Yeah. And so, yes, we are subject to world karma. Because in some ways, we're part of that simply because we've been on this planet. Yeah. Now, I, this is maybe repeating a similar question we had just a moment ago. But is it correct to say that balancing our daily allotment of karma is what the masters mean? And St. Germain said this just a moment ago when they say that we are ascending daily. Or, or is there more to the equation? Well, I think what the ascending daily refers to, and we've talked about in the past, the misqualified mm -hmm. energy, our negative karma, resides in what's called the electronic belt, which is below um, our waste area mm -hmm. and is... Uh, for want of a better term, kind of a cesspool of all our misqualified <laughs> energy. Well, as you give the violet flame, as you serve life, that energy is repolarized back to its original purity. And so it can no longer stay down in the lower levels. The vibration is the vibration of God. And so, therefore, it literally does to ascend to our causal body where we build up our treasures in heaven. So that's how we ascend daily. But, I, but you know, there's also another part of this, which is the spiritual path we work on. I walk on, mm -hmm. as Mrs. Prophet talked about. So it's not just, it's just not a matter of, you know, 15 minutes of violet flame and I'm going to ascend. It's a matter of developing the heart chakra, putting yeah. on our, our Christhood, developing love, understanding, and ridding ourselves of those patterns and momentums that got us in this mess in the first place. So it's a combination of a spiritual path as well as the daily work to balance that and ascend that energy. Kind of a 24-7 kind of thing. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know that Jesus took on our karma for a time so that we would not perish under the weight of it. Can we, in turn, ask to take on another's karma? Is this lawful? Well, I think, again, you have to be very careful here and trust in the good Lord that um, he will bring to you what you need to bear. Now, that having been said, there are circumstances where people have taken on karma for family members, for children, for loved ones. But again, you never want to do that unless it's God's will, because sometimes Karma is the instrument of teaching the soul, and you don't want to deny the soul the opportunity to learn uh, by taking their karma from them. So you always would say that according to God's will. But the reality is, let's face parents love their children so much and others that they have made the prayer. You know, let this be upon me and not sure. my child. Right. Let it all be done according to God's holy will. But I just want to add one thing here in that as we go forward in the path and give our violet flame and so forth, yes, we're balancing our personal karma, but we're taking on world karma as well. So in a sense, you are taking under another's karma, the karma of the world, and you're balancing it through the violet flame, and so it doesn't necessarily manifest in your physical form, but you are helping others every time you help yourself, so to speak, you're helping others as well. I see. Yeah, I guess maybe to wrap up the subject, that one of the guideposts for this whole process would be to exercise caution, right? I mean, you want to make sure that you're not in your enthusiasm asking for more than you can really handle, because right. that could be... Exactly, could because be again... <laughs> We have to pace ourselves. You know, yeah. this is not a three-month undertaking. Um, <laughs> and we need to be in physical embodiment because there's some things you can't do unless you're in physical embodiment. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Well, it would seem prudent to underline caution then when – well, actually, Tom just asked you that. That's <laughs> yes, okay. You know. But be besides all the other questions that we have. <laughs> there's many. Yeah. Besides all of our actions that uh, may have created negative karma, what about our words and our thoughts? Yeah. Well, understand that we are qualifying energy 24 hours a day through thoughts, through words, through actions, whatever we do. Now, obviously, if you think about doing something, it's not the same karma as physically doing it. Right. So, you know, you can catch your thoughts and stop them before they can go any further. So it is a different type of karma. But, you know, words can kill. 
Oh, yeah. and, and so they're very powerful. So everything we do qualifies God's energies for good or ill. So you're making good karma or maybe not so good karma. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point to end this segment on. I think we're going to take a break right now. But when we return, we'll continue our discussion of the ascension, karma and reincarnation, and more with Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And thanks once again for staying with us. We are back. Um, Now, Sydney, we know that balancing a certain portion of our karma is a requirement of the ascension. Would you please remind us again of the other requirements for the ascension? Sure. I think, uh, and you mentioned these, I think, Tom, earlier, but to to revisit them, first one is a balanced threefold flame, the love, wisdom, and power within our hearts. And this is a lot about developing mastery. And we develop mastery through experience, through trial, through learning from our mistakes, by putting on our Christhood incrementally. And so it's a pretty logical thing when you think about it, that we (laughs) need balance in our four lower bodies in our souls to be able to hold the light of God and obviously to make our ascension. So it's gaining mastery, and we have, of course, the path that teaches that as well as the path of putting on our Christ mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, a fulfillment of our divine plan, and I think you mentioned that very clearly, that our divine plans are very different. They're very unique for each one of us, and this is not the only embodiment we've been fulfilling. That We've been fulfilling our divine plan for many, many embodiments, yeah. and it may be a certain part of it and different aspects of it. So the conclusion in this time, it could be something very public. It could be something very private. We just don't know, and it takes an attunement and awareness, but the understanding that containing love in our hearts using the science of the spoken word, which helps literally millions and millions of people on this planet, 
I mean, that in itself is a high and holy calling and go a long way to sure. fulfilling anyone's divine plan. Mm -hmm. So those are the core requirements, the 51% and so forth. <clears throat> but we must understand that it's not just a mathematical equation, although that is part of it. It is the development of the heart and the love of the heart and walking in the footsteps of Jesus and following him to his victory. And that's how we'll gain our victory. You know, I've, I've spoken with people before um, about these requirements. And one of the places that I know people get stuck in they're thinking about this divine plan idea, and they think, oh, my gosh, you know, something's going to be totally unattainable. I mean, I have to write a book, or I've got to do something grand. And it, it could be as simple as raising a certain child. It could you know, be. All kinds of wonderful, very, very you, you simple know, it things. It could be holding yeah. a focus of light in your heart. Yeah. You know, we're taught that we know that one soul, his name was Igor, who was in embodiment in Russia at the time of the Russian Revolution. And he held such light in his heart that literally thousands of people were spared in that revolution. He wasn't able to prevent it. But just his presence mm -hmm. in Russia at that time and the light in his heart saved many, many people's lives. And yet it's unheralded. And yet, obviously, we'd agree that's a wonderful divine plan to fulfill. Well, one plus God is a majority, we yep. like to say. Yes. <laughs> if we make our ascension without balancing 100% of our karma. Oh, goody, I like this question. <laughs> Do you like this? <laughs> yeah. We are taught that whatever remains can be balanced after the ascension. Now, is it harder or easier to balance karma from the etheric realm? I bet, we, bet you can guess the answer to that one, too. <laughs> I think I know the answer. Uh, the Ascended Master said it is far, far harder to balance karma from the etheric. And there's a couple of reasons for this. One is we made our karma in the physical plane. Therefore, we need to balance in the physical plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, much of it. Secondly, is we can, we can meet people. We can interact with them. We can speak to them. When you're up in heaven, you can't do that. And so it's very hard to get people's attention even. Yeah. Or send them a book or tell them something or forgive them. You know, all these things that can happen in the physical. So, yes, it can be done. But I know of one uh, ascended master who, when she passed on and made her ascension, she, had, um, she spent 40 years doing violet flame on the other side to oh. balance the rest of her karma. Oh, my gosh. And you think, well, if you're ascended, what matter does that what does it matter? Well, the point is, she said she, there was so much she wanted to do for people on earth, and she was limited in her ability to do it because she still had this karma. Uh. So the goal should be, balanced, to be, balanced, should be to balance 100%. Whether we get there or not, every increment we achieve above that 51 is money in the bank for our, our future service and our being able to help others once we go on. Yep. Right. Well, I got another question here for you. Now, there are certainly some who will not wish to pursue the ascensions. Uh, many of the fallen angels, for example, may in their pride refuse this option. So what happens to them? Well, every soul has an allotment of time, and including the fallen angels. And the higher they were when they fell, the longer they get, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Um, and so God is very patient. In fact, probably more patient than we would be uh, <laughs> with some of these fallen angels because of the, the, the terrible things they've wrought upon this planet and other places through cosmos. But there does come a time when they have no more time. Mm -hmm. But it, it's very interesting because what happens is, you know, when you make your ascension, you are taken to Luxor, uh, above Luxor in Egypt, where the, uh, the ascension flame resides. And you literally go into the ascension flame, and that makes you immortal. But what happens when a soul or an individual, a fallen angel, has rejected God and is, is, is give, run out of time and opportunity, they also go to that same flame. Mm. But what happens is because they have no light within, and, within them, that light extinguishes them. And it's what referred to in the, court of the, excuse me, in the Bible as the court of the sacred fire uh -huh. and, or the, as the last judgment. And so 
um, that's what happens. So they are no more. The energy is repolarized and returned to God, and those souls do not exist anymore. I well, and we have referred to that before as a second death. Second death, excuse me. Yeah, Thank no, you. That's quite all right. Um, well, once someone has ascended, can they relinquish their ascension and return to embodiment? Well, once you're an ascended master, you're an ascended master. Um, that having been said, there have been dispensations where ascended beings have re-embodied on the earth for very specific purposes. John the Baptist, he was an ascended master before he came, and so he came as part of Jesus' mission. But it's rare. It's not something you, you ascend and say, well, I think I'm going to go back to planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. um, you carry so much light. I mean, look what they did to John the Baptist. Yeah. So it's only by a special dispensation by what's called the Lords of Karma, and I think it's pretty rare. It does happen, yeah. but um, not very often. But I want to just mention, if I may, a prophecy uh, by uh, of Lord Maitreya, who is the coming Buddha who has come in Buddhist tradition. And there is a teaching of the Ascended Masters that at a certain point when Earth enters a golden age, Maitreya will physically return to this planet, and Ascended Masters will return hit with him and walk and mm-hmm. talk on this planet with the, with the unascended beings. So, when, once it's safe. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. yeah. Well, once 51% or more of our karma is balanced, use the word safe, are we safe in terms of qualifying for our ascension, or are we still vulnerable to making negative karma? The amount of karma we have balanced changes continually. Um, it's, it's not finite. You know, it goes up or goes down. Now, hopefully we have momentum on good works, on the use of the violet flame. So even when we make mistakes, we're still gaining on it, so to speak. Uh-huh. But you can, it's still possible to fail, even after you pass 51%. And there are souls that have embodied on this planet, in fact, we know of some, that had over 51% of their karma balance, but their love was so great for the planet and wanting to serve others, they have chosen not to take their ascension and re-embody. Wow. And unfortunately... Hmm. Some of these souls now have dipped below 51%. Oh, wow. Because they forget when they come into embodiment who they were and what they were doing. Right. And so, they, in, in essence, until they can get back over 51%, they've forsaken and lost their ascension. I wow. see. So, a word to the wise. If, and, and, and by the way, these people, a lot of times, they will take embodiment against the advice of the lords of karma. But people have free will, even yeah. when you get to the etheric. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned something a moment ago about one of the lady ascended masters who spent 40 years. Uh, doing violet flame to balance the remaining portion of her karma. Is it possible once you've made it to that level, uh, even without fully balancing your karma, to experience human-like emotions like regret and sadness? Well, it is. In fact, uh, the Center Masters teach us that when people get over the other side, they make their ascension, they, they are filled with regret they did not make better use of their time when they were in embodiment because mm-hmm. there could have been so much more they could have done. So, yes, they do have that same feelings and same understandings and so forth. But I, I, I want to also caution people don't get down on yourself. If you can't do everything every minute of every day, you know, we're in a physical form and we got to attend to our physical needs, to our families, our jobs, and so forth. Not as an excuse for not pursuing the path, but just an understanding that there's a rhythm to our life. And, and yes, the times are accelerated now and the times are short for what may be coming on the earth, but start using the violet flame. You don't have to give up your responsibility to the world, to your family, to others, but start somewhere and know that each day when you lay down your head on the pillow at night, I've done something for God this day, not just for man, not just for others, but for God. Uh-huh. And remember, the greatest service you can give this, this planet is winning your own ascension. It's not a selfish pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what if, what if we're willing to balance some karma that we may have with another, yet they are unwilling to do the same with us? Are we stuck at that point, or is <laughs> yeah. our... Is our willingness enough to take care of balancing our side of the karmic ledger? Well, obviously, we can only control what we do. And there are people that will not forgive. 
will not let go, will not attempt to resolve these differences. Hmm. So we do our part by, by seeking forgiveness, doing every single thing we can to make up for a wrong if we're responsible for it or forgiving if they've wronged us, and um, you know, going the extra mile. We can change in uh, people's heart and situations, for instance, by pouring violet flame into a relationship. I mean, try this with someone you have you know, your buddy heads with or you have difficulties. Just call forth the violet flame to go forth your relationship with that soul and see if some of the karma isn't, isn't uh, transmuted and made easier. Yeah. But ultimately, if that individual is not willing to go their part, you can balance your karma not only through, through your actions toward them but also in other ways. So it doesn't have to hold you back. You know, how we relate to other people and how they relate to us can be very significant clues as to the fact that we have karma with those people. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, you can almost rest assured. And, and you know, you may have a spouse that you love very dearly and, you, you know, you're, you're maybe twin flames for that matter. But that doesn't mean you don't have karma. Yeah. And that karma doesn't have to be balanced. Yeah. And so um, it's just an understanding. These are the rules of the game. Yeah. You know, and when you understand the rules – you aren't defeated by the suddenness or surprises or what's coming into your world. You know, knowledge is a tool that we can use so that when these things come into our worlds, it doesn't mean they aren't hard, they aren't difficult, but we can see them for what they are. They don't have to be the end, but they can be a means to our victory and balancing our karma. And that's the key. You know, you alluded earlier, and we do often do this, um, allude to the fact that uh, Jesus' mission was not to die for our sins, uh, well, perhaps he did in a certain way, but what it really means is something different than what people understand. And I think what I would like you to address again, if you don't mind, is that when we say that Jesus held our karma at bay until we were able to bear it ourselves, what does that really mean? Well, God and the Ascended Masters, the Karmic Board, and even Jesus, you know, could look at where we were in our souls 2,000 years ago, and knowing that our karma was going to be returning in this 2,000-year cycle, and saying, it's too great. They're, they're mm-hmm. gonna, they need to come up higher. They need to gain a mastery and understanding to face this karma that's coming upon them. It's like the law of gravity. It's coming back. And so Jesus became the Savior because he saved us for these 2,000 years to be able to gain that mastery mm-hmm. so that we can face this day and this hour when our karma returns with great force. And, you know, some of us haven't made the best use of that time. But there's still time to, to accelerate, to use the violet flame, and to take advantage uh, of this dispensation, this gift that Jesus gave us, and honor it by taking the responsibility for our karma and going forward with the violet flame and our service to life and balancing it. That's the greatest thing we can do to Jesus and greatest gratitude we can give to him is mm-hmm. by fulfilling the purposes for which he sacrificed for us. Yeah. So Jesus did, in fact, die for our sins, but not in the way for the reasons we've been taught. Uh, Whoever's kept this truth from us has probably piled up a boatload of negative karma, haven't they? <laughs> well, that's for sure. And, of course, you know, the fallen angels, their goal has been to keep the truth for us uh, as long as they can because that way they can trick us, they can manipulate us, they can steal the light that's in our hearts, mm-hmm. they can keep us under our thumbs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's been light bearers that have been part of this as well. And in ignorance, they've made these mistakes. Yeah. I remember one soul that was part of the Protestant, Re- Protestant Reformation and his karma was denying Mother Mary to all the Protestants. Ooh. Think about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> but God it will give that soul opportunity to balance that karma. Right. So, oh, boy. you know, there's a way home for everyone. Yeah. Well, you know, we are creeping up on the finish line here. Before we get there, though, the sure antidote to negative karma is the violet flame, as we've said. And why is the violet flame so powerful? And how can we use it to accelerate the balancing and transportation of our karma 
and hasten our ascension. Well, well, think of the violet flame like this incredible power of God that has kept, been kept secret for so long because you had to reach a certain level of attainment to be understand it and use it. Mm-hmm. And the grace and dispensation of God is that we have it in this cycle of our existence, this coming, you know, this reckoning, cosmic reckoning, not only on the planet but in our souls. Mm-hmm. And by the use of the violet flame, we can deal with karma and balance it because it is such a powerful flame, repolarizes this energy in an accelerated way, and it jumpstarts our path. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can save the planet from much, not even only ourselves, but the planet. So the violet flame is key to our ascension, but you have to use it. Yep. Knowledge of it doesn't matter. No. You must use it and exercise it daily. That's the requirement of the law if we're to get the benefit of it. So if you don't know about the Violet Flame, go to our website, the Summit Lighthouse, and um, find out about it and try it. Great idea. And I think on that note, we got to close here. We've run through another hour so fast. (laughs) Thank you, Sid, for joining us again today. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. We want to thank you, our listeners, too, for joining us today. We hope you find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Yes, we do. Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And please be sure to join us again. Yeah, please do. And in the, in the meantime, you know, remember that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this world. world. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.